Young women have been growing up with an indoctrination of what womanhood is and what it should be. They've been taught everything that is in direct opposition to the Word of God. Young women who want to be different from the world are rare, but they are real. On this Rare But Real podcast, Audrey Brogy will often be joined by her daughter, Grace Anna, and her daughters-in-law, Maureen, Kesset, and Marilyn, who desire to be discerning in a day when everything seems to go against God's design. Join them in the journey of becoming rare but real. It takes courage and conviction. And now, Audrey Brogy. Hey there, I am so glad to be recording yet another podcast on this topic of Read Your Bible. And those of you who have been listening to this podcast know that um, we had a women's event at the beginning of our season here at Community Bible Church, where my husband is pastor. And my daughter came and she spoke to our women about becoming students of the Word and reading the Bible and, and, and making that time to do it. And since we had that event, it's just been really great to see all of the women in our church who are reading the Bible together. And when I say together, we're all following along the same Bible reading plan, those who have signed up for it. And it's just been great even to host that group and to see a lot of the women and how what they're saying about it and and hearing from so many of how, how it's made just a real difference. And not that they weren't reading the Bible prior to this or having their own times with God in the Word of God, but something about knowing that we're all reading the same reading or hearing the same part read on the same day, it's just brought a a real sense of, I don't know, I guess the word is camaraderie. But anyway, it gave me the thought to have this, uh, a few podcasts on this topic and to talk to my daughter and my daughters-in-law about how they read their Bibles. And it's been a while since you've heard from my daughter-in-law, Marilyn, but she's joining me today. And, um, and she's going to um, talk about, um, you know, what she has done uh, and how she reads and studies the Bible on her own, what her struggles have been with that and, and what she's found to be the greatest help. Um, and then, of course, you know, the dynamic has changed a little bit with her because she's been a single gal, but she married my son in April of 2021. And I know that it, it, anytime we have changes in our lives, it sometimes um it, you know, changes the way we do things, or it can change the way we do things. So I want to talk to her a little bit about that. And, um, and of course, with the with um, Kessid and Grace Anna, we talked about even how it's worked when they began having children. But I remember Marilyn, when um, I first got married, because before I got married, you know, I had just, you know, I was my own person. I mean, I had my own uh, time with the Lord when I wanted to. I wasn't responsible for anybody else. I wasn't <laughs> thinking about someone else's schedule or fixing breakfast for anybody but me. Um, and I wasn't, you know, your life just changes when now you're adapting to another person. And we know biblically we're we're called to be our husband's helper and we're called to be his, uh, to, to adapt to him. I mean, he adapts to us as well, but I'm thinking in terms 
terms of the helper suitable for him and and being all that God wants us to be for them. And so, you know, I definitely saw a little bit of change in the way I studied the Bible and the way I went about it because my time wasn't my own. And of course, we all know that our time is mm-hmm. never our own. It belongs to the Lord. But still, there's just changes from that. So I want you, Marilyn, and first, of course, I want you to say hello to everyone, but I, I want you to talk about that, what you've seen in your life in terms of what you did prior, what you're doing now. And even I know you were sharing a little bit with me the other day about even how you approached the Bible when you were um, a child growing up. So with that said, I'm going to give you the floor, I suppose, as well. <laughs> Let you start talking and, um, and, uh, and want to hear from you. Well, thank you for having me. And um, thank you so much for raising a godly son that I got to marry. And I know that so many of the habits that Jameson has now and the knowledge of scripture that he has was built when he was a child. Mm -hmm. So um, it's very clear that um, now, because I I married Jameson, he's the leader in my life, um, that everything that you um, encouraged him to do has impacted us day to day now. Um, Mm. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Marilyn. I'm married to Audrey's youngest son, Jameson, who is a, um, an attorney in the Marine Corps. And I am a PhD candidate at the university of Georgia. I study uh, persuasion and social media. Um, Mm. And so right now upon getting married, we did a lot of moving. Um, I know there might be some military wives um, who go to community Bible church and, um, know the changes that come with becoming a military family um, better than I do. Um, and even just with the onset of the pandemic and the work from home changes that happened, um, we do not have children. So I am full-time working on my PhD at home. Um, and with all of the moving, it's been hard for me to be able to juggle the moving and um, some of what comes with all the transitions. Uh, we moved three times in the last year um, mm. while I'm finishing my dissertation. So I, the biggest change that happened for me was when I was single, I had a job, I was doing school. Um, I was out of the house all day. And now my roles changed where um, I am over everything household related and um, I'm working on my dissertation. And Jameson's the one outside of the home right now. And I think that um, we really wanted to build our lives around um, one income mm-hmm. um, in the mentality of preparing that the Lord provides us, us with children, that um, that transition wouldn't be too rough for us financially, and that I would already be um, in some of those at-home roles that Scripture calls women to do, um, even without children. Mm-hmm. And so the biggest change for me um, in how I read scripture was before I was on the go and I needed a Bible in my car on my phone. Um, it was almost easier in some sense because to really read scripture throughout the day, because my day had so much momentum because I was moving around so much. Um, I would get up very early. It would be on in my car, then on a bus, then, you know, in a classroom or at my office and, you know, um, with that came reading scripture um, with a lot of momentum where if I was on a bus, I would be able to open my Bible app and read. Um, Right when I parked my car, I had a habit of opening my Bible when I was in park um, and just taking, you know, 10 minutes before I got out of the car to read it. And so now the difference is I wake up in the morning, I am in my house. And so building momentum in the day can be difficult if you don't have discipline. And so 
my scripture reading has required, I think, more discipline to recognize the urgency in reading it because I, I don't have a bus pulling up saying, okay, you got to do it by now. You know, sure. um, I get up in the morning. I um, just know that the first thing I do is I sit, I, I plot my, myself on the couch and I, in some mornings it feels like I'm forcing myself to open my eyes and um, focus on the, on the word while my coffee is brewing. Um, and so that's been a really big change, I think. Um, and I know so many people are in different stages of life and um, reading scripture and um, meditating on it day and night can look different. And so I think um, just some of the, I've learned a lot from reading books about habits in the secular realm that can totally transition to, um, you know, the spiritual disciplines that are important in the Christian life. And um, one of those things would be habit stacking where, you know, I know when I get up in the morning, when right when I'm done setting my coffee maker, um, the next thing I do is sit on the couch. Mm -hmm. Um, So stacking those habits can kind of create momentum in the day, even if I am in the house. Um, And so um, that was the biggest change, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're saying like the biggest change being now that I'm not on the go, I'm here and I'm responsible for my day and how I organize yeah. it and the things that I do. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm not directly accountable to anyone minute to minute like I was when I was working and physically in a classroom, my dissertation remote. Um, yeah. So I can imagine that can there can be some crossover Um, with moms, with littles, obviously you are subject to what they need in that moment. Um, and so I can imagine there's some crossover there. Um, but really when 2020 hit, um, with the pandemic, when I did start just being at home, um, I bought a new Bible and I decided that it was time for me to read through the whole Bible fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized that there were some gaps in my knowledge and I wanted to fill those, but I wanted to fill those with the whole context of scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and for years I was, I was honestly scared to read the old Testament. I had, um, this thought that if I misinterpreted it, it, you know, or misunderstood it, it wasn't worth my time to read it. That It was mm-hmm. better off for me to just be ignorant about it and mm-hmm. obey what I know. And just don't even get into some of the nitty gritty stuff. Um, And I think that some of that can be kind of a Catholic perspective on reading scripture where, you know, who has the authority to interpret it. Um, And so not, I'm not Catholic, but um, I have family members who are, and that influence I think was strong in um, how I was concerned about opening the old Testament. Mm. Um, and so really it took me until maybe mid high school or college to really feel like I would be able to read it well. Um, and really the Lord provided for me and, um, showed, you know, showed me what the scriptures meant as I read them and provided me with solid commentaries and, um, really what, what did it for me (laughs) was I ended up signing up for a secular Old Testament class at the University of Georgia. And that professor, he um, is a famous Harvard professor of Judaism, forced us to read the Old Testament. And 
I just knew in my syllabus, okay, I have to read it. And it made me realize how silly it is that I was willing to read the Old Testament in a secular classroom at the University of Georgia. Mm-hmm. But I was worried that if I went, you know, went to church and read it wrong, that mm-hmm. I could have everything wrong and that God would be mad at me and all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I recognized just how many holes there were in my understanding of, mm-hmm. you know, what happened in the Old Testament. And it's so important to read the Old Testament. It is rich. Um, it it is the word of God in the same way the New Testament is. And um, so now I think what I'm just treasuring is reading those Old Testament books that I neglected for many years. Mm. And so um, I, when I started in 2020 to read the Bible all the way through, um, I actually started with the minor prophets because I wanted to build some, some momentum and um being able to sit down and, you know, in one day read the whole minor prophet was really like, Oh, I'm making some headway. It gave me this human sense of making progress Mm -hmm. that then translated into spiritual growth. Um, And then, you know, once those were so-called tackled, I didn't have as many concerns about reading um, some of the other passages in the old Testament that I neglected for years. So, um, I really think that, you know, I don't know if any listeners have ever felt the same way I did for years, but just trust the Lord and open the Old Testament. Don't be afraid of it. Um, It's not going to bite. It's the word of God. He gives you the Holy Spirit. And um, if you do know what other passages in scripture say, you're going to be able to understand the Old Testament better. Um, So I don't know if that's anything you've encountered in your experience with Audrey. Um, I know that your church does a great job at teaching young children Old Testament passages. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so important. Well, you know, one of the things that, um, well, a couple of things came to my mind as I was listening to you talk. And one of them is, you know, the whole growth process that we all go through. And, and you know, as we're growing up in churches or we're growing up with Christian parents or those around us, you know, there's just a growth process that takes place in terms of where we are, what we're able to comprehend. And sometimes the immaturity that comes along with that. I'm thinking about myself of, of um, hearing this Bible story as I was growing up and not sure where that <laughs> fit in the overall timeline and the big story of the Bible. But one of the things I know, even um, when you brought up the Catholic issue, because even one of the things, you know, I grew up, my father was a Southern Baptist pastor, which you know, and so I grew up in Southern Baptist churches. Our church is not now, the one we're in now is, is not a Southern Baptist church, but um, but then Carl grew up Catholic, and of course he had never even heard of John 3.16 until he was in college when he was uh, part of a, a, a campus ministry that that's actually how he came to know the Lord. But the thing um, I think that was most impressive to me by the time I met Carl and I didn't meet him until I was, you know, uh, I met him when I was a junior at the University of North Carolina because he came and was part of the the Campus Crusade for Christ staff. And so I knew who he was and and he taught the Bible and he um, he was just a wonderful teacher. I, I remember being as a student, hearing him teach and thinking, wow, I grew up in church my whole life. I came to the Lord when I was a young child. But he, oh, Carl, who had only, you know, had come to Christ in college, he understood, he was sharing things and teaching things more chronologically, I guess I could say. So I was understanding some things. And then by the time, uh, 
you know, the ne- following year when I heard him even more, and then we had begun dating and stuff. And then I was, I just remember being so amazed that he had known the Lord. He came to Christ his freshman year in college. So he had been a Christian at this time, maybe six years, but thinking his knowledge of the Bible, because he was never even though he grew up in a home where they never, ever read it. You know, they had a respect for it, but they didn't read it because of the way Catholics are, are taught. But uh, but but under, but under hearing him and understanding that he knew how, how all the parts fit together. And that was a challenge for me. I mean, I remember thinking, wow, I was just so impressed by that. And then I'll say this thing, and then we can um, talk a little bit more about your experience now. But, but it just made me think of this as you were sharing um, how, you know, if, if people are in good churches where the where the, and I'm not talking about just churches that have the gospel and they're conservative, but I mean where they're actually teaching whole books of the Bible. Because I think about how Carl Hill teaches an Old Testament book and a New Testament book. And when he teaches those books of the Bible, he puts them in their context. He puts them on the biblical timeline and even historical timeline of, of when these things happen, where you get an overview. You understand, if you're paying attention and listening, how it fits together. And when you're under a pastor who understands those things and really shepherds his flock and teaches them that way, then it's, it creates within them a desire, I want to know this even better. I mean, I've written out questions, you know, and I'm talking about my, this is my pastor, but he's also my husband, but of things of, of, oh, I want to know that better, or wow, I never understood where that fit into the overall timeline. Now, that says as much about me as it does about, you know, I'm just saying there could have been times pastors were doing that, and I wasn't picking up on it or whatever. But I, but I do know that there is kind of, a, we're living in a day, too, where pastors only, so many of them, even ones who have the gospel, they teach feel-good sermons. They're not really diving into the text and helping their people understand it in its context. So when they do have their time alone and they're reading, like you said, through through the Bible, and now they're understanding the Old Testament better, and they're understanding how this works, and they're understanding the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, and and the diff, just the way God works, it just makes the Bible come alive with that kind of stuff. And, and another thing I want to say about you, Marilyn, I remember when I, I don't know, early on when I discovered that my son was interested in you, (laughs) but I remember, you know, one of the things you said to me one time early on was, um, when you were going, going to go on that Israel trip, and this is before you knew Jameson or knew Carl, but you knew that that Carl was going to be the, what what do you, do you call him? Like the faculty member or whatever? Yeah, he, Yes, he was responsible for the spiritual side of the tour. Yeah. Um, because the tour guides in Israel aren't necessarily Christians. Right. Um, and I remember so that was Carl's responsibility. I looked him up. I yes. think that's what you're getting at. Yes. I wanted to know who is this man who's gonna be like, you know, <laughs> teaching me all these places. You know, I, I was immediately very skeptical. I wanted and I was so pleased to find out <laughs> that, you know, he was an excellent Bible teacher. And I, I was skeptical in a healthy sense. That, I understand. Um, no, that, that, that that's discernment. <laughs> well, I shouldn't have assumed that he might not be a good pastor, but they're all, they are rare. Oh, um, um, yeah. Well, see, I think that's a sign of, of maturity and discernment in the sense that I want to know, because uh, it stuck with me. You were like, I want to know who this man is. So you looked him up and you, didn't you start listening to his sermons in Revelation? I did. I did. I, I started listening to his Revelation series. Yeah. And, um, all and I'm, even just seeing, <laughs> oh, he was willing to 
preach on revelation in an extended exactly. way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, it's bold and it's commanded. And, um, at the beginning of revelation, um, and, um, really visiting Israel. And I know not everyone has the means to visit Israel, but it does kind of show you the bigger picture of what scripture is about. Mm-hmm. And so you can find resources on Israel on YouTube, um, yeah. kind of showing, you know, type in Holy land tour Israel. And some of that can be really, really insightful for Israel's mm-hmm. history. And, um, as it relates to the coming of Christ mm-hmm. and, um, and it Everything forces yeah and it forces you back into the old testament that you know like daniel and daniel prophecies the prophecies yeah. there and all that kind of stuff where you start seeing how the bible all fits together and is and and that's what i was kind of going back to even your thing of like oh i used to be kind of afraid to study the old testament but then suddenly oh i'm going to israel and oh there's going to be a bible teacher oh, there oh i, I need to look him up and- <laughs> you, you should have seen i was when i realized i was going to all these sites that i hadn't read about in the old testament I was scrambling <laughs> to read them. Yeah. And so, um, but I also realized that, okay, um, you know, there is time to read these things now and I can go see the site. Yeah. You know, yeah. Read it even better later. But um, the in, in the U.S., the Museum of the Bible is really well done mm-hmm. at showing the big picture of scripture. Now, unfortunately, it was curated by a Mormon museum curator. So yeah. the end of the museum does not share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think, you know, from my experience when I did go a couple of years ago, it held true to the text and did a very good job at yeah. showing kind of broadly what happened in Israel's history, yeah. which does make it easier to read the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, like I said, unfortunately, they didn't share the gospel there, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously the most important thing yeah. they could have done. Um, but I still think it's worth visiting there if you do have the means to go. There might be some YouTube videos um by them as well that might be really well done i'm not sure well you know Um, in terms of understanding the overview of the bible i think it was kesed who brought it up in the podcast i recorded with her or it might have been grace anna i don't know but we talked about the picture bible that mm -hmm. and when you were saying at the beginning about jameson and and all that we read that to our kids when they were growing up and it's not like reading the word of god like um but it's like, mm-hmm. it, but it's like an overview of the Bible. And what was so helpful with that is we did that with our children as they were growing up. It gave them the big picture, you know, of the grand story of the Bible, you know, of, of from the beginning to end, like what's the overall, because, because really there's 66 books in the Bible, but, it, but they all tell the same story. And it's like, you know, the Old Testament is, is showing us, you know, the, uh, all, and, and telling God's people all about the coming Messiah. And you see, you know, when you start in Genesis, and you see, you know, when God created the world, then you see the fall of man in the in chapter three, and then you see all the stuff that happens as a result of that, you know, because you got creation, then the fall, and and then you see, you know, the twelve tribes, and you see the time of the kings and the prophets, and then the wisdom literature. When you get a handle of that, that the big overview, it helps make sense of the parts when you get to certain stories in the Bible, and even you know, I've been teaching Psalm at. At, um, at Woman's Life, and, and even the three that we've done so far, Psalm 1, Psalm 8, and then I taught Psalm 34 today, but even in those, you see the gospel in every single one of them. You see Christ mm-hmm. in the story, and that's what you see. That's the thread all throughout the Scripture is God's redemptive plan. So I like what you said about not being afraid of the Old Testament. Yes, and the other thing, thinking about you know, if we were to break reading scripture down into being history information, historical information, and even 
like you know just the the way the literature itself is written mm-hmm. it really helped me especially with approaching the old testament and i mean new testament as well to understand okay this is what prof- these are prophetic books you know when i mm-hmm. open them i don't need to expect um it to read the same way psalms does mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and so i actually in my table of content um I marked out, okay, you know, this is Israel's history. These books, you know, consist of Israel's history. These are minor prophets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then these are major prophets. And that helped me be able to kind of chunk together the, what I was reading and then I, or, you know, how it was going to, the information was going to be delivered to me mm-hmm. as prophecy, as um, kind of poetically, in wisdom literature, um, as more of, an account of what happened mm-hmm. and then from there taking that book and then placing it in context of Israel's history has really yeah. helped me be able to feel confident when I open a new Old Testament book that I haven't read yet. Yeah, that's great. Well, tell me a little bit about how things, um, I know I know you were saying earlier um, about how now you're at home versus when you were out and going places and every, you know, and, and when you were living your life as a single uh, woman, but um, what do you think has been the biggest? Well, maybe even whether it's the, you could you could go down the the trail of struggle, or you could go down the trail of oh, this has been the biggest boost. This has been the biggest help when you're married and studying the Bible either together or separately. Or how do you and James encu- encourage one another? Just what are some things in that realm of just being a well? Now you've been married over a year, so so what that's been like? Do y'all read the Bible together? Do you read it? you know, do you have, I don't know, just just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So right now we read the Bible separately. Um, and some of that is I was just, I'm very devoted to finishing the Bible. Um, (laughs) and I didn't, when, when I started this, you know, goal of reading the entirety of the Bible, I, um, I didn't assign a timeline to it, which really helped me kind of freed me to if there was, you know, a portion of scripture that I really wanted to dig in on mm-hmm. um, in other portions that I moved through a little more quickly. And I found a lot of value in moving quickly through it too. You know, it's, it doesn't always have to be something where I take four verses and spend an hour on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been just very focused on that. And actually the last month or so I've, I've taken a break from, um, from that plan. And when I say break, I don't mean that it was like, <laughs> not a break from God's hard, word. Yeah, sure. Just, um, I've had a lot of doctor's appointments recently. I realized that I need more encouragement. Um, and that the, the best thing for me would be to go back to, um, some portions of scripture that talk about, um, suffering or trusting in the Lord. And, you know, so I've, I've kind of shifted a little bit away from, from um, that reading plan, but I still plan to dial back in and finish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so um, we um, we've tried, you know, a few different times to, you know, if, if I were if I ha- um, was reading a book of the Bible that Jameson wanted to read too, we would we would link up and do that. But unfortunately, um, the last time we did that, I was reading Joshua and my long COVID was so bad that mm-hmm. I actually had trouble like reading out loud with him. Yeah. Um, to the point where like I would cry 
Mm. Um, I would get through like three sentences and be so out of breath that I'd be like, mm. I can't do this. And mm. so it was, it was really a hard time. Um, I thought, you know, this is what it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to be able to, you know, do Bible study with my husband, but it just was not <laughs> right. something like it needed to be in my head at that time. Like yeah. my lungs couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, and that was really hard. So, um, it's not that, you know, we couldn't go do that now. My lungs have improved significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were, there was a season where it was just like, I, I physically can't do this. And I just never expected that. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's important to adapt to sure. what you're able to do. Um, audio Bibles are great. If you're someone who struggles to focus, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, adapt your reading to that. Use the audio Bible and stare at the physical hard copy while the audio Bible is going. I've done that numerous mm-hmm. times where I've had days where I've just felt more distracted. Um Another thing that um, I've realized just throughout my life is if I've used one Bible for a long time and I've annotated in it, then I realize that my eyes start to draw to those sections that I've already annotated and I <laughs> fail to look at the portions that I did not annotate. And so I realize I'm, re- I'm missing out on like, you know, 75% of a page if I'm only looking at 25, the 25% sure. that I highlighted. So there have been times where I've put away Bibles and just bought new ones and said, okay, no, this is going to, I'm going to need to read this and there's no annotation here to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, reading, buying a new Bible to start reading through scripture in its entirety has been nice because I know everything I annotate is fresh. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not drawing my eye to one portion of the page. There's nothing um, like having, I'm sorry. You're no, saying yeah, yeah. that. It's a, it's a great thing to have that as a duel. Well, I was um, going to say, it's just like, there's nothing like having like a brand new Bible, you know, yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, it's nothing like having your old Bible and there's nothing like having a new Bible to, I don't know. It's just something very like, I don't know, exciting. And you, when you were saying like, you know, not Carl and I have never really had Bible study together. I mean, we've read the word together and we've encouraged one another with the word, but I don't, I think we've always just had our separate times, you know, we haven't worked on, I'm trying to think if there's something that I'm missing, you know, as I'm thinking back over the course of our 42 years but um Aww. but you know when we have uh obviously having children we did the bible a lot together with them and sometimes mm-hmm. I would as a homeschooling mom and with them majority of the time I would do like things with them if I oh I want us all to memorize first Corinthians 13 so we're going to do that and work on especially you know if I saw okay here's some attitude problems we're going to have to be kind to one another tenderhearted forgiving each other just as God in Christ <laughs> has forgiven you so there'd be things like that but then Carl I, with our all of us together we would do it together in that way you know, when he would lead our family with, you know, a book of the Bible or, or whatever, or <clears throat> sometimes whether it's a picture Bible or, or just him teaching a, a passage, or sometimes when the kids were growing up, he would on Saturday nights go through his sermon with them, you know, and which was pretty cool. That's and, pretty cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And some of the times I, I can't remember, he could tell me, uh, probably right off the top of his head, but I know a couple of times the kids would say stuff and then he would, he would say, that's really great. I'm putting that in my notes. And, uh, yeah. and they love looking for that. Like the next day, when's dad going to use what I brought up in Bible study last night? But, uh, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, you're right. It's, um, you do have to adapt. I like what you said um, when you were talking about that and you said, sometimes you just have to adapt and, and switch it up and change things. And in, when you were 
we're talking about listening to the Bible. Some people are auditory learners, and they they learn better when they hear it. And of course, all and of don't us. You write out the Bible? Yes, I, I mean, do. That's I, another. Mm-hmm. I write it because. Um, but I do all kinds of things. I mean, I love listening to the word. I love listening to it. I really do. That's like my, probably my default. Um, but I also have notebooks where I actually act like a scribe and I just copy the scripture, which I love, which I've been doing that for a number, well, a long time. I mean, I started doing that when I was in college, uh, but I've never written the entire Bible, Marilyn. I need to do that before I die. I need to write, <laughs> I need to write the, ent- it would just be so, wouldn't it be so cool to have the whole Bible written in your own handwriting? You know, just I just think kidding. that that would be like really great. To no, know not, it okay. is. Um, when I've had Bibles where I've written in them a lot, um, I've realized that, oh, because it's written, in, you know, I circled something or wrote something in my handwriting or highlighted it. It makes it more accessible to other people. Mm-hmm. So it's been effective to be able to take Bibles that I've used. And I know sometimes like, you know, you might have an emotional connection to a Bible, but um, there have been times where I, you know, I've, I've annotated a Bible enough and it's starting to create a distraction from other words that I should be reading. Um, and so I've given it to someone um, and said, hey, like this Bible has been great for me. I, I marked some things that really um, have been powerful in my life. And then that person, when they open it, it's not this intimidating book. Um, it has colors or, you know, it's, it's encircled. And I imagine it could be the same way if you were to write out scripture and hand it to someone or yeah. hand it down through generations or do something cool like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it probably that's kind of a, an evangelism tool. Um, where they see it became personal to you. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and that's been something that has reduced kind of a barrier to entry to, you know, someone who's never opened scripture before yeah people don't like to do things they haven't done before um (laughs) you you really only want to do something if it's I think the stat is four percent different than what you're already doing and so that's where you know bible apps are nice because if someone is always on social media using a bible app might be you know just only a little bit different from what they were already doing if they were reading the news or reading social media Mm -hmm. um and in the same way if you know if, if you'd never read the old testament before it's you know, it's going to be harder for you to say, okay, this is something I want to do because it's not something you've done before. Um, Mm -hmm. So to kind of take that leap and do that. But if you can do that for someone else and um, highlight a Bible and, you know, share where, you know, what, uh, what you're doing at that time when you had the Bible. So for instance, um, handing off a Bible to a high school girl that you might've used in high school Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. can be an effective way to evangelize. and lead into a gospel conversation. Well, you know, um, you know, when, uh, you know, with my kids, with my grandchildren and with children that I've taught all through the years, you know, the whole copying scripture thing. And I've, I've shown them, you know, how, I don't know, I guess, I, I think I was in college when the first time when I started like copying the scripture and then actually like, you know, if it says the tree of life, I would draw a tree or, aww. you know, garland around your neck. I would kind of like, I would like, um, do art around the the scripture and what's neat about that is when I, you know as I've helped children memorize it I sometimes I'd have them copy scripture and I would at, I would tell them to do that you know it helps you focus on the words you can draw a picture that um that 
you know, whatever it is, whether it's fruit or whether it's, you know, star or whatever, you could draw it. <clears throat> anyway, I'm saying That's that because what you were saying about, you know, giving someone a, a Bible that you have written, you know, you have um, annotated, then I, I remember showing some of those things to the some kids. Well, I always do, I always do, especially at the beginning of the new year um, when we're starting over with a new set of kids with scripture memory. And I'll show them some of those books. And it's amazing how drawn children are to that, but not just children, adults as well, because it makes you... We are all big kids. (laughs) Because it makes you concentrate. And I had one year, one of my um, students gave me, you know, they did, you know how you can buy those kits where you make a book, you know, and, and, uh, and she sent it off and got it made. And she did uh, several of the Psalms that we learned that year in choir. And, and I still have that book. In fact, I was looking Mm -hmm. at it yesterday, but I'm just saying, and it's just a great way to get your kids in the word of God. And I still have, I still have some of the ones that Luke and Jack did when they were young. I just saved them, not books, but, but papers where I had them write, you know, draw out someone or, you know, write the verse, but then where you, if you can draw a picture somewhere, do that because it makes them concentrate and it becomes something. I don't know. It's just another way to get us into the Word of God and to make it um, come alive. I mean, it's just a way to make it come alive. God's Word is living and active, so we don't make it come alive. But you know what I mean by that. <laughs> you just make it memorable to where, you know, yeah, it, your, your brain can access visuals very well so if you do draw something then you can exactly well well, like you said earlier when you were talking about how having to organize your own days and it made me think of go to the anode sluggard observe her ways and be wise which having no chief officer or ruler prepares her food in the summer she gathers her provision in the harvest Uh, I think the next part is how long will you lie down on slugger anyway a little sleep a little slumber anyway I was thinking about that what a fun passage to draw out and then not only that what a fun passage to say hey that aunt doesn't need someone standing over him telling him what to do he's just doing it he doesn't have to have that because he's ordering his own life because he knows what needs to be done so I don't know it's just made me made me think about that when you were saying it and then when you were talking about annotating your bible and just all the different ways that 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 can happen to help us learn it better do what it takes, you know, even <laughs> if it feels a little bit silly. I, even as a kid, so I actually, for this conversation, pulled out, I still have the Bible that my mom got me. I think I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hot pink, of course. And <laughs> even just making, she helped me put the tabs in it. So I would yeah. remember what books go where. And the lettering is, you know, the headings are pink. And, you know, when I was eight years old, having a pink Bible was was fun (laughs) and and, you know not that now it's actually funny I buy like the the cheapest (laughs) I don't want to call it ugly but you know what I mean Um, mass produced bibles because I'm like oh you know like the word is rich enough I don't need a pretty cover you know (laughs) but as a kid it is it is fun to have a fun bible well let me tell Um, you something go ahead it drew me to it it's so silly but it did um 
So, I mean, make make reading scripture cool. Make it something you want to do. Keep it within reach. Have one in your car. That's right. Have one That's right. when you sit on the couch. Have one by your bed. Make it. Like, we're our humans with little pea-sized brains. Like, make it within reach. Exactly. Um, exactly. And, and I you when you're adapt your cell phone plan to it. So for me, okay, this is, this might make you laugh because you know you know how me and how me, how me and Jameson are. Um, I'm already we, laughing, and I don't know what you're gonna I say. Know. I know. So before before I was married, I had like the full shebang, like Verizon full data plan. And I was always under the impression, oh, this helps me read scripture because I can listen to my mm-hmm. audio Bible without, you know, you can now you can actually download it beforehand and like you don't need sure. to use data. Um, I don't think I realized that at the time. Um, <laughs> yes, but, and your generation, and you didn't realize that, but I, I know, did, and I'm I old. <laughs> Just a little forethought. Yes, yes, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. But I um, I would use my full big cell phone data plan to listen to scripture, and I thought I was awesome, and that it was a great <laughs> tool. And now that I'm married, Jameson and I um, decided that we want to use a cheap phone plan. I'm talking... $15 a month, four gigabytes of data. It's Mint Mobile. It's wonderful. Um, and now I have to think about what I want to do on my phone and download it beforehand and plan a little bit mm. for, you know, if I know if I'm going to be in a waiting room or sure. um, in some situation where I don't have Wi-Fi that I actually <laughs> have to plan what I'm going to do in that time because I can't just scroll or watch a YouTube video. Right. Um, I have to know, okay, I'm going to take this time. Yes, I'm going to take this time. I'm going to download the Real But Real. Wow, I can never say it. <laughs> Real But Real. Podcast um, before, beforehand when I'm in the car because I don't want to use data when I'm on my car drive. Um, yeah. I'm going to download this book of the Bible because I don't want to use data. But and this is what I'm going to do. So I've already decided Smart. before I get in the car, what am I doing? So I'm not subject to the whims of what comes. Yeah, And even... Um, I now pack my physical Bible more because I might get stuck without, um, you know, without something to do if I'm in a situation where I'm waiting. Sure. Um, yeah. So I find myself throwing my Bible in my purse more, more so having less cell data than when I had the full data plan and felt like I had full access to, you know, whatever sure. I wanted, including sure. the audio Bible. Sure. Uh, but even just planning my life a little more and yep. what that like downtime, I'm going to call it downtime. See, that, that's uh, pra- that's practical application of what I just quoted. The go to the animal sluggard and you prepared your <laughs> you prepare your food in the morning for what you're going to need later in the yeah. day. Yeah. So even just taking parts of your lifestyle and forcing yourself to have to think ahead, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it would help others to reduce their phone plan, um, but it's something that we had to do anyways yeah. for you know our budget, and um, that's that wise. has been ended up being a huge blessing. Um, and the Lord's used it. And I was so worried, like, oh, I'm not going to have access to my, you know, Bible Stuff. app and my Instagram. I actually just reenacted Instagram after two years off of Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I found that I read high quality things um, and had more time mm-hmm. to read scripture because I um, I forced myself to be bored a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm a social media psychologist. Social media is designed to keep you there and eat your time of course, because yeah. of advertising dollars. And so mm-hmm. if you can cut down on some of that, that does open up windows of time. Sure. I think as everyone kind of knows. Um, but it could also be the case that you can, you know, follow things 
on Instagram that are worth your time and point. Yeah, that are worthy, but it is. Yeah, it is not going to be the same as reading the Bible. That's right. That's right. Or, you know, expositionally. Well, I love Um, what, you know, earlier when you said something about, you know, an inexpensive Bible and I don't need them to be cute and all that. But let me tell you something very creative. And I think we're going to do this. Well, I want to do it at our church, maybe in the spring after um, our last session of Woman's Life coming up in February. But Grace Anna did this. And I thought this is such a great idea. They they purchased inexpensive Bibles. Like she said, they were like $4 a piece. And Mm -hmm. then they they had an evening with their women's ministry. Maybe it was, I think it was on a Sunday. I'm not sure. But anyway, I know she did it last year and she did it again this year and they just got contact paper like from Hobby Lobby or somewhere like that and they just made it a night where they covered their Bibles and they put the tabs in it and it would be just became something you know that they did with these inexpensive Bibles but it was again another way to um I don't know what was I going to say like make it pretty make it your own yeah. make it you know and it, and she just said the went you know that they just enjoyed that so much and I thought wow another great idea to take from Capital Community in Raleigh and bring it here to Community That's Bible so Church in, in South yeah. Carolina I said that sounds awesome I want to do that so I want to do that with our women um, well, on that note um I I grew up with, you know, quite a few Muslims in my life, actually. Just growing up in Atlanta, there was a Muslim population. Mm-hmm. And something that they always would say to me is that it blows our minds how casually Christians treat their Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there there can be good and bad to that. It's You know, you do want it within reach, like I said. And sometimes that's going to mean, you know, mm-hmm. taking it into a bathroom with you because you're at Walmart, you know, mm-hmm. um, in your purse. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to really value your Bible and mm-hmm. say, Hey, I want it to be nice and pretty. And like Muslims do not put the Quran on the ground. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, my friends would say, Oh, this is kind of radical that you guys are at church and that you put your Bibles on the ground under your seat. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, you know, there, you do want it to be, so integrated into your life that yeah um, because we worship go ahead we worship god we worship the god of the bible (laughs) not the actual you know we worship the god as is revealed in the bible but yeah so there's yeah yeah. but it it is nice to have a nice bible absolutely pretty and to value it exactly you know um there's a lot of different ways you can think about it exactly i thought of yeah, um, I think, yeah. One other, yeah, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, you go. One other go. thing I think, I know um, we're running up on time, but that I wanted to mention that um, changed my life was as a kid, my dad sat me down and said, you need to read your Bible for five minutes a day mm. before bed. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the first time I did yeah, it, I yeah. sat down, like I said, was not comfortable with Old Testament. Um, <laughs> but I would look at my clock and say, okay, my five minutes starts now. And that five minutes did not stay at five minutes. Mm, um, that's so great. starting at, you know, five years old doing that, that was amazing. And to have my dad say, this is this, you know, to say, just do it five minutes. Mm. Um, and then, you know, from there, it did not stay at five minutes, but that, um, that five minutes of time, mm-hmm. you know, changed my life as a kid. And, what a, what a, um, yeah. What a wonderful thing for a dad to say for his daughter yeah. and you carried it with you and you will 
That's that's great. And I'm sure he wanted to say, you need to read it for six hours. I'm sure that's actually <laughs> what he wanted to say. Um, but it only took me five minutes, you know, the first time to fall in love with it. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful, Marilyn. I love that. And I love that we've had this conversation. That's one of the things I I tell the other girls is like doing doing these podcasts. I just love hearing. I just love hearing from y'all. And I, and I always pray that it will be an encouragement to all the women who listen and that God will be glorified and honored by what we talk about and and uh, and that it, and even this whole a little series on read your bible that women would have more and more of a thirst to read God's word and to let it let his word impact their lives and so as we close this out Marilyn if you would just um, say a prayer um, you know thank God and whatever you want to express to him I would love that Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you for your word that um, it's living and active and that you have used it in my life and um, in Audrey's life and in the lives of so many. Um, please be with everyone who's listening. Um, please be our help. Help us to take time in your word and we pray that you would help us to understand it and retain it and obey it. Um, we love you so very much. and. We know that your word is truth and that we desperately need truth. Thank you so much for your love that you've so clearly shown in your word. And um, we pray that um, we will be able to be focused on it and uh, retain everything we read. Thank you so much. Amen. If you enjoyed this episode of Rare But Real, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode is posted. And share this podcast with friends. Follow Audrey on Instagram and Facebook at Mothering from the Heart and listen to all her messages on the Search the Scriptures app.